There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. My name is Sonny. I am your host, and I am here with my co-host, Blackwing Samoon the Poison Wind. And, of course, I am here with my potential co-host, Trisha the Dragon of the Ice Barrier. Uh, we will move into a little bit deeper intros later. I'm going to do the—I'm uh, actually going to do the sponsor ad reads real quick, but— uh, uh, we're we're going to break that one down a little more here in a second. Um, so, of course, we want to thank all of our wonderful sponsors. You can find affiliate links as well as discount codes down below for gem accessories as well as, of course, Dragon Shield. Skyhawk, your camera's not doing that card any justice. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's, it's your the, camera it's ain't the card doing you it. you just called me. It's Blackwing Samoon the Poison I, Wind. I get that, but all I see is squares. That's all I see is squares. We'll do what you got to do. So... You might want to go boil. Go, ooh, go boil your potato, Skyhawk. Fix your camera. Go That's boil good. your potato or something. I don't know. Okay. Uh, so again, thank you to Gem Accessories as well as Dragon Shield. Also want to thank Tier Zero Games. Of course, we want to thank TCG Player and ETB Games and Steel Fox Games, my two locals, and all of our patrons. I think I got them all. Did I get them all? <gasps> And Grimoire, and Grimoire accessories. How could you? And Grimoire. How could you forget Grimoire accessories? Because you didn't hold up that nice, beautiful block of gray. Mm, true. That's correct. No, I'm serious. Uh, I don't know what's going on with your video feed. It's insane. It looks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like lost all of its color. Um, also, uh, just real quick, I just want to acknowledge all of the MBT chatters that just hopped over into stream. So hey. shout out to MBT. Thank you for the raid. Oh, what's currently up? just Holy starting crap. the Top Cut podcast while we're. Uh, uh while we're just yes. chilling here and it's perfect timing because i'm introducing our new co-host trishula tv welcome that's I, right that's, asterisk that's me <laughs> I, yes. I i allegedly exist so we are here live on the top cut podcast we literally just did the intro chat it's perfect timing um so 
A lot of people were wondering why we are suddenly moving to a live model where we are actually streaming every episode live on our YouTube channel, which is, of course, youtube.com slash podcast. I don't know if that's what it actually is, but that's what I like to tell people it is. Um, it's probably not that. Don't don't go look. Don't go look. I see you going to look. Don't go look. Uh, I, I'm I'm looking I'm looking for the working link for you because there there was a link that did work. Okay. Somebody All right. has it. I, th I think Rob maybe has it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this Rob, if you're link. here, post it again. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, that might be the course, link. We started doing the live streams because we wanted to be able to do live streams on our channel because we were also going to be introducing Trish TV and when we record our podcast happens to coincide with when he is alive and so it was kind of the motivation that we needed to go ahead and push to a every episode is not just you know not just recorded but streamed live also so with that said uh thank you so much for you know working us into your schedule and making this work for all of us uh we are very excited to have you here uh, Skyhawk is our resident competitive player, always has been, uh, but bless his heart, he doesn't play good decks. So it'll be nice uh, to have you here playing good decks. <laughs> I, uh, I will, I'll try, you know, I, I do my best to, uh, you know, not, not play losing decks. Um, at least you play. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do play. I do play. Sometimes I, sometimes I don't win. Sometimes I play winning decks and I still lose with it. Uh, well, but <laughs> I am going to a regional this weekend and I am going to play real Yu-Gi-Oh for the first time since nationals. Oh, wow. He's been. Yeah, uh, that's where we're at. He's been. Oh, man. He, he's, I think that was the yeah. last time I saw you, wasn't it? Was yes. At, yes. Uh, was that was at Nuts. Come to the regional this weekend. It's great. I'll pick you from the airport. That's the okay. regional. Where, where's the Lots of points. Where's the regional? Houston. Okay. Okay. That's a little bit. <laughs> uh, I, I... Okay. I, okay. Okay. You say let me, that. Let me, let me get Hold Expedia on. open. Let Hold me. On. Let me. Let me Hold get on. Expedia. Oh Flights from Chicago to Houston are going to be dirt cheap because they're both extremely major hubs. I'll pick you up from the airport. I can provide you free lodging Thank for Saturday you. night, and oh, I will bring you back to the airport on Sunday. You two are both unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Hold on. If I go Expedia, flight, points. you must world's points. Uh, I have not played a regional since uh, full power tier format. Uh, full full disclosure. I just realized that the other day in Richmond at the YCS, and uh, I've yep. now well, the only had things to, like, I'm not going to cover are flight, food, and entry. Got it. So all the things I need to spend money on. Um, <laughs> you don't need Uber or rideshare. You don't need uh, lodging. These are important things. Oh boy. To Houston, all airports. What what's the date? Is it this weekend? It is this weekend. It's in two days. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> so so from like Friday from so like from Friday to Sunday. What uh, do you mean? You're traveler. flying out at four a.m. on Saturday morning. <laughs> oh oh, my bad, my bad. Um. Okay. Let me let me let me redo the flight. Let me. See. Uh, I can find us a free place to stay for one night, not two. Uh, thank you all <laughs> okay, for coming okay. to the Top Cut Travel Agency podcast. Uh, we're here. To... <laughs> uh, I will say okay, this so much: that is... it is just debilitating watching that number go from like one sixty to like eight hundred, back down to like three fifty. You do so not know how all of you chatters that left. I need you to go find all your friends that left and bring them back. Do you? Do you not? Right. No For the low, low price of six hundred and fifty-two dollars, I can make it to the Houston Regional this week. 
And with all the money I'm saving you by doing ride share and lodging, I'm that's not, a deal. Not... Oh, right, right, right. Just that, it saves so much when I could instead just play a remote tool regional. Literally true. I actually, are you playing in the remote tool regional on Saturday? Um, I, I, I might. Um, you know, I, I haven't decided yet. There's also the MCS this weekend, so I haven't really decided which I want to do. That's true. I think there's one happening Saturday and Sunday. I'm probably going to try to play one. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can stomach both, but. I've been, yeah, uh, that's a lot. That's a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh to do been, that back to back as, two days. In the, a row. the way that I don't know if I don't know if this is just me, but when I do like the the like a, a like a regional or a like a remote dual regional. I mean, remote is kind of a different experience, right? And that's sort of most of my competitive stuff has kind of been. But it's like the way that I see a remote dual event is like if I if I win, I get to keep playing Yu-Gi-Oh, and then if I lose, I get to stop playing Yu-Gi-Oh. So uh, I, I like I really don't see a downside here. <laughs> there really isn't one, you know, when you put it that way. It's like at Vancouver, I got I got dunked around three, and uh, and then I got to go do uh, karaoke with my twin brother and all their friends. So I don't know I don't know who the real winner is. <laughs> nah, that, that that was much better than when I lost at Vancouver. I lost the last round of Swiss <laughs> day one. That is that is rough. That is that is I unfortunate. Think the last three YCSs I've gone to. Nope, not three. It was less than three. Uh, at London, I went. You went. To, you got to I round think, five, right? Five, yeah, five or six rounds deep. Yeah. Niagara, I didn't do bad. I went eight rounds deep at Niagara. Okay. That okay. was cool. London. Yeah, I was playing Swordsol. I was playing three Shatana. That way, I could special Shatana normal Mogi use uh, Chi Shao to search the revive spell. Bring the Moe back. Oh no. oh, no. And then make a dweller. It was great. <laughs> Disgusting. I didn't, Here was uh, the best thing. What do you want from me? I think the, oh, no. funny enough, the best that I've, I've done pretty well at some regionals, but the best that I've done at a YCS, I think it's a tie actually. Uh, both of, both, both times I was one win off of day two. The first one was YCS Niagara 2019, back when I think Grand Maju won that event. Uh, in like, it was like when everybody oh, wow. was playing Cyber Dragon Orcus, and I was playing, uh, I was playing blind second uh, extravagance dino, um, <clears throat> and I was <clears throat> I, I think I lost. Uh, I, we drew, uh, we drew round eight, but I gave the other guy the win because I didn't have a chance to top, um, and uh, and we both would have been knocked out anyway. But I was playing two Utopia and two Utopia double, and just hoping to not banish them off of extravagance. Oh my god! And then I, Utopia double was so good back then. It was so sick, and, and it was like because oh, over after Lost World was Utopia double and Pentastag pointing yep. to the Lost World token, so you do nine thousand damage. Uh, really busted, and that was pre Arcosaur too, which was very funny. You know what? It's a really good thing that we don't have to worry about banishing our extra deck staples on accident anymore. Yeah, that's true. The uh, and then the other one, I did the same thing. I, I lost in the last round of day one at uh, London playing Crystal Beast. <laughs> I lost to a, I, uh, I Zeus to cash player and they topped it with no cards in hand and they top deck prosperity in the planet. And I was like, well, you got me. <laughs> oh, the <laughs> I'm, worst. I'm, 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 I'm dead, but shout out to Neshi because I did cross. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, I talked about it on the podcast before, I think, maybe not. But uh, the reason for anybody wondering that we are adding a third person to the podcast is kind of layered. There's a lot to it. Um, the first part of it and the biggest reason is that, to be honest, I've always kind of wanted the podcast to be three people. It didn't really make sense when it was just me and Caleb because we were doing it all in person and nothing, none of it was done remote. So it made more sense for the podcast to just be the two of us because we were the only two people that could consistently be at my house tw three days a week to record. Um, 
but I've always wanted it to be three people. And that's because the podcasts that I listen to, uh, I've felt are always better, more entertaining and more compelling with at least three people. Um, the other, another reason is that I think it's going to be honestly better content. I think that it will be a more entertaining and more compelling podcast, a more entertaining and more compelling conversation and discussion and the information will be better because not now it's not just me and skyhawk misinformation counters trisha you will also have a misinformation counter so uh that way we can all keep each other in check and make sure that you guys are getting the most reliable up-to-date and best information possible um and the final reason that we want to do it is so that if there is a time when any one of the three of us cannot make it for whatever reason the podcast doesn't just not go out because we only have one person right so if need be if a great example is about three weeks ago i took about two or three ep i took three episodes off because i just had like a mental breakdown it was like stress and i needed a break essentially i was just burnt and we missed two episodes of the podcast and while it wasn't my concern it was a thought that i had at the time and this that was kind of the thing that pushed me over to being like okay we're remote we're recording remote now anyway so it's really time for us on the podcast to grow and i feel like this is the best way so now when skyhawk needs an episode off for you know whatever reason he has going on whether that be he ate a bad terror king salmon or whatever he ends up getting the time off that he needs uh you know if trish is traveling to a ycs or if he is just having a really bad day on stream and or he's sick whatever he can just go and me and scott can fill in so it basically lets us continually keep good content going but at the same time when we're all three here which is the expectation that we'll all three be here most of the time we put out the best content possible yeah so with that said the only time multiple of us, uh, the only time multiple of us will be gone is if uh, we all play against runic players. Uh, Trish, they banish oh, all God. tracers. They banish all of my edge chains, and they banish all of Sunny's moes. And uh, that's when that the podcast ends at that point. Actually, yes, Once, yes. Uh... <laughs> now we'll be missing episodes still, probably, because like I imagine, for example, Nationals weekend, we're probably all going to try at least to go to Nationals. If there's a big YCS somewhere, and we feel like we can all go, we'll probably all try to get together. And who knows? Maybe I bring my laptop, and we bring some like lapel mics, and we still and we do try to do a live podcast with all three of us in person. That would be super cool. But for now, I think that this would be the best step forward for our content and our viewers and listeners. So, yes, a live podcast from a tournament sounds amazing. Thank you. I, uh, what, what, thank yeah. you for the speech. Oh, great, Sunny of the Top Cut Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> course uh so um i would like to seriously though trishla thank you so much for coming in and just like when i thought of who to add as a third person your name is one of the first that popped into my head and there was a couple others but when i really thought about it i felt like you just had the perfect vibe you have you know a wealth of competitive knowledge which is something that while i personally don't i i like to see myself as being a competitively minded player you see my shirt like i i have a kid <laughs> right i i have like a full-time like lots of hours job you know uh i just can't keep up 
like I would like to. And Skyhawk, I, I don't know, he plays Fluffle. What do you want? So it's great to have you here. <laughs> well, it's, it's, thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's, you know, great to be a part of this. Um, and th thankfully, I'm professionally, you know, unemployed. So I do get to play this game, like, <laughs> very, very much. I think I have like 3,500 hours in Master Duel right now, and that uh, is wild. Mildly <laughs> concerning. Yeah, th I mean that's just my main account. <laughs> it reminds I'm me. I'm talking about the elves. I was like, uh, yeah, I was gonna say, uh, any any, I feel like any streamer like their their Master Duel playtime is just inaccurate because like immense I remember. For anyone else, I, mean, I think MBT's. Uh, uh, Dual Links account. I remember when he posted the screenshot of that. Oh I was like, God. I can't believe that that's real. <laughs> What's crazy about that too is that because like Dual Links is the mobile game, that is like three thousand hours of playing the mobile game on the computer. <laughs> that's not even tracking like if he's playing it on his phone. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. It's weird. So I was thinking about like the amount of time I have spent playing, and it's like on my the place that I play the most online was Dueling Book and dueling network yep. before that and obviously dueling network is gone so i can't track the insane amount of hours i put there from like 15 to 18 but uh playing dino rabbit control with one rabbit for like five years but um the uh i think my my main db account is like creeping up on 10,000 experience i was like on that one account yeah. alone it's like 10,000 games and then you think about like master duel dual links anytime that you go to locals any other events and you're like oh my god what happened <laughs> yeah it's uh, unbelievable yep. unbelievable amount of time whereas uh but i don't know it's i i i get value out of it it's it, the game is fun and you meet a lot of cool people doing it so I agree. I do. I do think you need a lot of cool people. I met Trish at uh, at a tournament, so that worked yeah. out. Yeah, I, I mean, if people, we all, we all say that we play Yu-Gi-Oh like for Yu-Gi-Oh, but I feel like a lot of people who at least go to tournaments uh, are really just playing it just to like see people. Uh, you know, that's kind of the the big thing, and like actually playing Yu-Gi-Oh is like the chore you have to do to like keep up you know to, like, like have, yeah. have to like, oh, like oh no like, all, i went to I a regional in august and i didn't play i drove four hours to a regional and did not play i get it yep. <laughs> yeah it's like the, the Yu-Gi-Oh part is like the this is the thing that will give me the excuse to go see everybody it's mm -hmm. <laughs> like we yeah. this is how i, I don't know for me because like i guess generally speaking uh, it, like things can be tricky for me socially but it's like you go to a YCS that's a room of like a thousand people that you can start a conversation with because the, everybody yeah. knows like you can just be like hey what do you think about cash tira post ban list do you think you could still play it like and it just goes from there I don't know it's that easy so yeah we generally spend some time when we are on these podcasts we do a lot of different things. We review tournament results from meta tournaments. We go through and look at deck lists for tournaments. We um, review things that are happening within the community. We come up with our own original content. We no do cards. tier lists. Everybody loves a good tier list. No uh, but one of the things we do a lot on this podcast is we actually, when new cards are announced, we read the new cards and kind of not necessarily grade them, but give our opinion on where we think that the new cards will settle. 
And so I know I didn't talk to either of you about this in advance, but to be fair, I didn't talk to you about almost anything in advance of that's, this episode. That's, that's so. how this that's how this usually works. Yeah. I literally <laughs> I got it. Yeah, I, I got right. the I got the I, I, I got the I was just I was just live on Twitch. I just got you know kidnapped. I, I got the <laughs> hold on. Literally, I, I worked twelve uh, hours the last several days in a row. Hold on. I said uh, I'm sorry. I'm busy. A guy messaged me like, oh yeah, by the way, uh, Trish is coming on. I'm like, okay. And then he's like, oh yeah, okay. we're starting at uh, we're starting at. 10 cool oh no we're starting new trish was we're, coming on weeks ago hold on i didn't no. I, I didn't know the exact i don't date. think i knew that i was <laughs> coming on weeks ago i think i knew like we scheduled this he's like i'm being set up but i'm going to i the only cards i'm actually interested in reviewing uh at this time are the new ritual, ritual beast, beast cards. Ritual beast, ritual i'm gonna beast. send this to your twitch chat trish because okay. That way, Twitch chat can follow along with us as we go through the new cards. So, da, 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 da. and I, I'm sure they all will. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. every single one of them will. Oh yeah. Um, I am actually going to take. I wonder if I can just take this tab, make it like this. So while uh, while Sunny is uh, boomer, boomering his way around uh, <laughs> around the the PC, uh, oh, so. Boy. Ritual Beast is the last chunk of support that we've got coming out of the uh, Terminal World set. Uh, previously, we got support for Ice Barrier, Gen X, and uh, Infernoid. Uh, varying playability. I've, the Ice Barrier stuff is like, I think, the biggest question mark. Abyss Dweller on legs is kind of crazy, but the payoffs are weird. The Gen X is like very glass cannon. The Link one is absolutely bonkers, but if it gets like Imperm you don't do anything. Uh, and then the uh, the Infernoid stuff is also kind of hard to evaluate, although the new Link 3 Fire Lady uh, definitely makes it better. But this, I think, this is probably the best wave of support of the four, if if I'm looking at it in a vacuum. So, uh, Sunny, I don't know if you want to if you want to take away the first uh, sure, first Ritual Beast monster. So the first one that we have here is Spiritual Beast Tamer Lara. It's a level one light psychic effect monster, 100 attack, 2000 defense. You can only special summon Spiritual Beast Lara or Lara's once per turn. You can only use the first, second, third effect of this card's name each once per turn. Sure, sure. So you can only special summon and it's a hard once per turn. Uh, one, you can discard this card immediately after this effect resolves. Normal summon one Ritual Beast monster from your hand. Two, if a Ritual Beast card it, you control would be destroyed by battle or card effect, you can banish this card from your field or graveyard instead. Three, if this card becomes banished, you can special summon one Ritual Beast monster from your deck, except Spiritual Beast Tamer Lara. Cars so, nuts. this card has a lot of things. <laughs> is it good? This is, a, this, is a, this is a custom card. Uh, this is like circular tier bonkers nonsense. I don't know that it makes okay. Ritual Beast that, like, as good as math mech was with circular but like ritual beast has like uh had a couple of like major problems uh they you'd have a problem where you can't match a tamer to an editor like you have to open a very specific two card combo um and uh, honestly you need like a lot more normal summons to get your play so this is not only like an additional normal summon you can banish this by like summoning a fusion monster you can banish this by like a bunch of other means so like banishing it being e-telly is crazy like if you banish it to make a fusion uh you just get any name from deck which is ridiculous um and then also having the bailings effect is cool i guess <laughs> like um, loads of the graveyard Twitch. starts everything it's crazy Twitch chat made a good point here it's not quite circular 
but it is uh because it, it doesn't do one card combos it, it doesn't initiate a one card combo it, it enables all of your combos but it doesn't it, it doesn't initiate it by itself it everything isn't, it isn't but a combo the, it does um is, is that more is, is that less a product of this support and more a product of how the deck plays because mathematics always kind of been like one card go uh just that circular does it better but i i feel like ritual beast i know nothing about this deck i, I feel like i should say that in advance but I think that Ritual Beast has always been kind of more like a high combo deck, right? Like very long combos. And I would imagine that uh, a two card combo kind of makes sense here, right? Is Because like, like, Sword Soul is not a one card combo deck, right? It's like a two card combo It's deck. like a, so it, the new support does give it a one card combo. Uh, Rampengu is a one card combo, which is why the super is getting bought out. Uh, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's like... Um, yeah, it, it resolves a lot of the consistency issues. I don't know that I would call it like high combo. It's it's a long combo, but it ends on kind of a mid range board, so we'll see. But uh, yeah, I don't know, Trish. Do you had, do you have any deck. any experience with Ritual Beast? Were you were you around when this was going nuts? I I was playing when the deck was around. Um, I never played it personally. My only real memory of Ritual Beast was that it would take like 35 minutes to end on nothing like it would just it would, yeah and it would yeah like it would just combo for forever but the board that they made was like not scary it's, it's like set, it just set two in a fusion yeah <laughs> it, 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 it was more frustrating to play well. against yeah like it was more frustrating to play against than anything just because you knew that like you had to watch them play the game for like however long they wanted and they just did not get to a point that was like super super terrifying um that that's really all i remember so i i don't know how accurate that is but that that sound that that's what i remember personally that's about right i feel like when because ulti Hawk was at one for a very long time and then it, it famously it came off on the ban list where we got three unlimits and nothing else uh, <laughs> shout out, yeah. shout out, multi-faker. Uh, but um, the that is that is pretty accurate. It was even there was some discussion that it was limited at the time because uh, because of the combos taking too long and Konami just being like, we're not doing this. But uh, now that uh, <laughs> now that a lot of decks in the game kind of have that going on, uh, I guess it doesn't matter. Uh, so and notably, they did slap a once per turn on the summon of this fusion, a hard once per turn. So maybe they maybe they've learned from their mistakes so next one we got ritual beast uh ulti uh nochu drago and what's cool about this is that it looks like the tamer is riding on like a chi wen which is cool so we got that like we got the yang zing lore connection uh lightworm fusion level 7 24 uh 1900 requires a ritual beast tamer and a spiritual beast like i think all of the fusions do uh, has to be special summoned from the extra deck by banishing the above cards you control and from your graveyard and you can only special summon it hard once per turn so they gave this card a graveyard contact fusion so you don't have to use material on the field anymore you can just banish him from grave i love vicious astraloud don't you all love vicious astraloud um one your opponent can't target other ritual beast monsters you control with card effects cool two quick effect you can bounce it to the extra deck and then target one of your banished ritual beast monsters special summon it but it can't attack directly uh, this is a little bit weird. Most of the other fusions let you tag out into two monsters when you bounce them out. This one only tags you into one, but it's also more free because you banish it from grave. So this it's more of like a climby combo piece than it is uh, anything else. But 
they did slap a hard once on it so we hopefully we're still gonna have to suffer through canahawk loops but uh it's not it's not gonna be as egregious <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, they'll, they will end at some point no they won't yeah yeah, right. th this to me reads like it would actually make it take a little bit longer, right? Because this can just get the can of hawk back from banished, and just like it just makes the can of hawk loop go even longer. You do, you do have to, you have to do one more can of hawk loop. This I think puts like yeah. uh, this at least puts like this at least puts a clock on them. I think what the the uh, I know GGYGO was actually posting a couple of boards, and it looks like you end on like the new link four, the link two, uh, one of the fusion guys, and then like set three. Which is a, a, funny. a fun board. What's funny? I was talking to Gary about this. I'm not kidding. Like two weeks ago, mm -hmm. he was just like, "Dog, where's my Ritual Beast support? That's one of my favorite decks ever. It's so funny." <laughs> the second this support came out, I was like, "I gotta call Gary. I, got, I gotta call Gary. I haven't yet, but I really need to call Gary." Uh, <laughs> the second it came out, I was he's, just like, "He's already posted." He was, me about it. He was he was asking for it two weeks ago. He spoke this into existence. It's already. I mean, we knew it was Ritual Beast. We... Oh, I almost forgot. Um, Trishula, there's something you need Let's to understand about being on this podcast. Okay. It gives you power. Oh, no. You need to be very careful. You are now yeah. capable of speaking things into existence. Sunny, and that's not. Oh, I'm not very familiar with that. <laughs> Yeah, so I, think... I am very familiar with like <laughs> willing. I, I only will I terrible things into existence, though. Right? Yeah, when you're on this power is not for good. When you're on this podcast, you, if you say I want X thing from Konami, it happens. I willed Gate Guardian as an arc archetype that gets support into existence. He's been, he's been asking for... So if I say I want Chaos Space and Magnema and Striker <laughs> back to three, uh, they'll they'll give yeah. it back to me, right? Absolutely. It'd take a year, but it could happen. Get absolutely. I want Chaos Ruler, the chaotic magical dragon, <laughs> to come off the ban list. If you, if you will it hard enough on this podcast and say it enough times, there's a good... There's a, I, I'm just going to be honest with you. Somebody from Konami listens to this podcast. I don't know who it is. Somebody from Konami, maybe the R&D department, somebody from Konami listens to this podcast. Because I'm i I'm just going to let you know. His track record is pretty... It's been too many times. It's, I, think, I think it's just specifically Sunny. I think it's the issue. Maybe. Um, I've done I, it. I can, I can be trusted with these cards. That's I, true. I can be trusted with Dragon Link cards. Please, please bring them back. Anyway, on the... I can be trusted. If they're not a problem in OCG. So actually, this is a little bit off topic. The other, all you need to know about the other two Ritual Beast cards, one of them is like a continuous spell Rota that adds like your mismatched name and that resolves the consistency issue of oops, too many elders or oops, too many tamers. And then the Link 4 is like, has a funny anti-tribute effect that kills Drytron and Infernoid and nothing else. Uh, and then it's like SP, but worse. Uh, and then... I was going to ask about uh, the Dragon Link hit to actually, because uh, Magnemite to one is like unfortunate, and Chaos Space to one really hurts like consistency and power. Do you like? Are we talking I, TCG? Yeah, I jump back to TCG okay. now that you brought it up. Like, what do you? How do, how do you feel about the Chaos Space hits? Like, do you think Dragon Link needed a hit? Do you think that was the right one if it did? Like, where are you now that you've had like a month to settle? <laughs> uh very sad right. um <laughs> very sad I, did, I, I was count i was counting at richmond i think dragon link has 11 hits on the ban list now in the tcg or more 
Um, there, there are a lot of cards that have been hit in uh, the TCG, uh, partially because of Dragon Link. Um, it, it, he, here's the thing with dragons: is those hits make the deck very dangerous to try and play. Um, because you know, I like I played it at Vancouver, and the deck was still really, really strong. Um, I haven't gotten around to posted it, but there there was like a very consistent way to end on seals, Borland, Savage, IP, Beast, Regained, and like three to four cards in hand. Um, which With Oom 1412, is... you shut your mouth. Sword Soul has not been around a long time. We're not touching Sword Soul. Go away. <laughs> okay. Somebody ban that guy. I'd... Thank you, Sonny. For uh, that, but... Yeah, th thank you. <laughs> thank you, Sonny, for that. Um, but also uh you know this that, that's pretty that's quite a bit better than um seals pass um <laughs> the problem is is that that hand like kind of wanted wyver burster to like do it you had to open like black metal plus wyver burster and like any extender um so so the chaos space hit is really unfortunate because now you're in this place where you have like two fewer copies of both Lubellion and Wyver Burster in the deck. Um, and on top of that, because you have those fewer copies, you can't play like the 45, 50 card decks that Dragon Link was like very commonly running because, you know, you would want to play all these cards, but you have to like put a few Garnets in your deck. And to do that, you know, you have to go over 40 and then you want to like space the deck out. So you can't play those cards anymore. You can't play those ratios anymore because if you do, it makes it like impossible for you to draw your actually good cards. Yeah, um, that screws up. That probably screws up non-engine too, right? Because part of the, the benefit of having like the larger deck size is that you're like, oh, if I'm like hiding bricks, I can shove a couple extra hand traps in there or like a couple board. Yeah, breakers. exactly exactly like you could pad out the deck with more non-engine but the 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 caveat to all of this is that it also just won the uk open like this past <laughs> <year>. <laughs> that's, yeah <laughs> that's true so it, it's still doing dragon link things uh you can you can the deck could honestly get hit two more times and still be meta relevant i would like to say to anybody in chat i so somebody did make a joke about like i should buy all the dragon link cards i i'm just gonna say uh if anybody's looking for like meta or you know rarity collection like cards that are too cheap and are going to go up uh, chaos space is not going to stay at one forever uh, and the quarter century secret of that card is like three dollars it's way too cheap so if anybody's ever I, looking for a penny stonk card is there's no way that card's three dollars because it's three dollars for the quarter century I, I you're definitely wrong about that because i just bought them really it's like 20 bucks yeah, it's not, not the you're you're probably thinking of a different rarity i think because the ultis are probably close to that uh yeah, like let me I'm, I'm checking i'm ch yeah they've okay wait hold on that's the collector's rare <laughs> yeah wait. sorry it's five dollars i was collector's rare okay space okay price that's okay it is it is tanked in price i spent way too much Sorry to. I'm, well, now that's good. That so, means now you can buy a lot more. Sorry, yeah, to, let, sorry. Me, let me let me go put two in my shop. <laughs> I spent eighteen dollars on mine. All right, I let I, me go I feel buy two more right now. I've yeah, and then Konami will put it back to three. Trust. I uh, I feel yeah, your pain. Yeah. I I definitely bought um, I definitely bought my quarter century fossil digs too early. 
Uh, I was just so excited. Yeah. Although I do have no, uh, the collectors. Huh? The collectors fossil digs. I mean, maybe, but that was like, I to be honest, I was totally happy to lose on those because it meant that there were seven more printings of fossil dig I could pick up. I'm gonna have uh, on Sunday. I'm gonna post a picture of. Uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, uh, thirty copies of Fossil Dig. It's gonna be all a playset of all of them from the Rarity Collection. It's gonna be the collector's rares from um, uh, Wild Survivors. It's gonna be the OPTS super rares, and it's gonna be the structure deck comments. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have all. You're 30 a crazy person. I love out. it. I uh, well, the uh, reason... I would also say that Chaos Ruler is also too cheap. That card will come back eventually. The reason that... I do not think that no. I don't think that's. Uh, that I didn't say I think it should. I, I think it will. No, I don't think that's gonna. No, that <laughs> <laughs> maybe in like five six years, but no time soon. Chaos Ruler will come back whenever Hulk comes back, and that's gonna be never. Yeah, uh, like the Chaos. I think Chaos Ruler, Ruler comes back when Harp comes back. No, <laughs> there is no. no way you think those cards no, no, are no 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 no, no 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 conceptually is like like. I think that Konami is more willing think... to release a card like Chaos Ruler than a card like Colossus. No, 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 my God. One is a combo enabler. One is an Sunny, M4 piece. I feel like Sunny, the M4 pieces are worse. Sonny, do, you know, do you know what card can be sent to the graveyard with a Chaos Ruler? <laughs> Orcist Harp <How> Horror. <laughs> I'm aware of it. <laughs> Uh, so, so, so what was this about power of speaking things into existence? I, uh, <laughs> I want that card back. Actually, yeah. Like, I want, I want it back. Can you, can you speak it? Okay. This is yeah, the I can it, trust it with it. inaugural inaugural episode with the three of us. Uh, I I believe that uh, will we we will see chaos ruler again. It may be five years. It may be six years. A broken clock is right twice a day. Uh, thank you all so much for okay. listening to the Top Cut podcast. Uh, Are we <laughs> No, I'm, that's a joke. <laughs> oh, we still like, got, holy we, moly! Well, you know, you can see you can see it right now we, in Master Duel. We still got a little uh, bit of time. It, it is still legal there. That's true. It's, I would like to say Harp is not legal in Master Duel, is it? It's not. Yeah, it is. It is. What? Yeah. So is Chaos Ruler. I know Chaos. Yeah. Dragon Link has zero hits in Master Duel, actually. Yeah. Except you, for LP, Agrapane, and uh, Eclipse Wyvern. Yeah, because you have uh, three strikers. Okay, I know because I was watching. Yeah. I've been watch. I watched uh, a whole bunch of your. Uh, run through the world's grind and i was seeing like this oh, no. like you making like the second yeah that's unfortunate <laughs> but oh, it, no. it was crazy that like it was this is like off topic a bit it was crazy to see you and tempest like basically playing the same deck and just getting like just like the rng difference making a huge <laughs> like like mattering a whole bunch like because oh. he got like 25th <laughs> yeah, yep, 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 doing, yep. you're doing the same thing is master duel is just wild but um i, I was like I, I got one i got ptsd from seeing you do like the 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 making the second striker dragon to do the pisty uh the pisty oh. arrows and i'm like uh, I'm on one hand I'm like it's so cool to see that on the other hand I'm like I'm so glad you can't do that TCG anymore <laughs> I... oh, oh, you you can you you absolutely can oh you just have to bring back that, the strike I, I was I was doing TCG combos during the um the world's grind actually um because I was scared of hand traps um I could have uh, I could have oh, done it. riskier combos but I was I was um you know I was playing super safe 
um so like in the tcg this is this is what i was talking about with the um like the crazy board is like part of it is that you'll like loop back a striker dragon a lot of the time um you know that's one way you can do it um the other way you can do it is you make like pisty and triple burst and then you do something that's like really non-intuitive you use a link three and a link one to make your link two your seals and you summon back the link three later uh in the turn and just get your numbers back oh. to like so that you don't lose link material and then you that that's how you can uh make squeeze your way into the borderlands in zone that makes sense yep yep so yep. i we do have a few minutes left we have about 20 minutes maybe like 15. uh 15. okay we have 15. we started the podcast late skyhawk we were live for several minutes oh the podcast. that's true sorry i was i was using my recording as the the no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's quite a bit later than that. True, true. Um, so I want to take the last few minutes, uh, since we do have a competitive player. Uh, I want to hear where you're at in as far as where the meta is and what we can be looking at into really into this weekend, because there are mm -hmm. several regionals mm -hmm. this weekend. I think there's four, five, six. There's a bunch. I have two just within like three hours of me. Plus, I think there's two remote dual ones. So yeah, I was yeah. Just kind of your thoughts on the meta as a whole and like you know where we're at and where we might be going. That is a extremely loaded question <laughs> that I, I wish you had asked twenty minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So okay. Um, this th is a this format's weird. This this format's weird. Um. I think it kind of has to start with addressing kind of like the elephant in the room, which is that this is a very diverse format. Um, and a lot of people like so. So when it comes to like balancing a card game, a lot of people think that like diversity is what you should aim for in a format um, where like a lot of different decks being playable and being good is like the ideal competitive format because you can like sign up with anything and do well. Right. Sure. Um, that is like the opposite of true that is generally speaking the worst competitive formats that you can play in because your tournament stops becoming about like your prep and more like what you queue into over the course of a weekend um because like it, like one of the better examples of this is like on a smaller scale like we call them triangle formats right where there's like three really good decks and like they all have a good matchup into each other those are like some of the worst formats to play in like they're some of the most beloved formats but they're also some of the worst to try and play in because if i go to an event like i'm thinking like duelist alliance format that's kind of like the classic classic one where it's like burning abyss shadal mm -hmm. and like clyfort right yep. um you know if i show up with shadal and i play against a bunch of um you know, if I play against a bunch of BA players, I'm feeling great because I'm making Winda and they can never summon Dante. And, you know, the tournament's just easy for me. But if I queue up with Shadal and I queue against like five Clyforts, I'm like probably going X3 by round six. Like, there's, there, like, so those are, like, that's like the issue is that like you can put in a ton of time and effort into a format and then how you perform is actually just kind of more or less completely debased on like what you play against. 
Um, and that's not always true in other uh, competitive like formats. Um, so when you look at this format, there are a lot of decks that are really viable right now. And if you look at the past two YCSs, uh, Indianapolis and Richmond, something that you'll notice is that the top cuts are super different. Um, so like at Indianapolis, Rescue Ace was everywhere. You know, it dominated Indianapolis. I think like half of top cut was Rescue Ace. And then at Richmond, there was like four Rescue Ace players that topped. And like Unchained just came back out of nowhere. Like people thought the deck fell off and now all of a sudden, like it was the most represented deck in the top cut. Um, and that to me is a little bit worrying because as a competitive player, I don't know what to make of that. Um, my kind of intuition is that, you know, having played both these events, um, everyone, what everyone was talking about for Indianapolis was Unchained and Tauralament. Um, and so everybody was like playing bestials in their deck. They were playing big bestial accounts. Some people are maining bestials. Um, and, you know, so maybe those decks kind of got filtered out because people were really hard targeting them. And then when Rescue Ace did really well, everybody's like, oh, we have to prepare for Rescue Ace now. Um, so, you know, everybody drops like the Bestials and stuff and they start playing stuff like Enemy Controller. They start playing stuff like Imperm, uh, Veilers, and just all of these cards to hard target the Rescue Ace. And immediately you know, Unchain and Tear go back to being like the two most represented decks. So it, it, this weekend, I feel like is a very important weekend to watch to see, you know, whether or not, you know, we have a like a fluctuation going back and forth. Um, because another interesting thing that popped up in Richmond is a continuation of a trend that we saw start in Indy, which is combo decks um, kind of taking over the meta like at another level so like on one level you have people playing all these kind of like mid-rangey type decks trying to you know fight with each other over defensive card slots and then you have combo decks like manadium and now infernoble just showing up and just saying well i'm gonna just ignore everything you guys are doing and i'm just going to put my cards on the table and ask if you have the right response if you don't i'm gonna win the duel and if not you're you know like going to interrupt me um so it, it's kind of a weird spot. What I kind of expect to happen is I think Rescue Ace is going to pop up um, again this coming weekend because people, I think, are going to shift back targeting Tier and Unchained. Um, and I think that we're going to see Infernoble continue to, like, do well. I think people have chosen Infernoble as the better combo deck between it and Manadium. Um so I, I think the combo decks are still going to be a problem and it, it's 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 just hard to say because you know if i'm entering an event i don't know what defensive cards i want to play i don't know if i want to queue with enemy controllers i don't know if i want to play imperms um and i you know i don't like i don't know if i need 15 hand traps to stop like an infernoble player or if i need you know mid-rangey cards to deal with turbulence you I was, know then contain i was gonna say it does like my analysis of the like unchained coming back into the format really well too was like uh people made their way off of board breakers and shifted a little bit to hand traps but they didn't move to hand traps hard enough that it stopped yep. Infernoble noble from going nuts and unchained just like 
didn't really lose to hand traps before. Like I remembered like one of Jesse Cotton's videos where he was talking about like the solutions of like board breakers and hand traps for unchained are not great, but board breakers seem to be better. So I'll go with that. And then yep. like, uh, but if people are doing that, then all the combo decks go nuts. So everybody's been like trying to find this like weird middle ground. And so rescue ace was like, well, there's enough hand traps that it hurts us now. And yeah, like you said, people are less prepared for unchained and tier. I'm curious if, if the rise of Infernoble means we don't have the back and forth, because I feel like it, without it, we just kind of end up in a place where we're just like consistently shifting the non-engine, and then it's like, oh, we're not respecting Rescue Ace, now it's back, and now we're not respecting Tier and Unchain, and now it's back. And meanwhile, there's like, it, the the thing about the fluctuations is that it changes the rogue that you can play too. Like uh, yeah. for for indie, for example, uh, the Makanko decks were all like bubbling out a little bit because everybody was playing breakers, and so like it was easier for somebody to pivot and like force them to go first. Not everybody was doing the acid golem stuff. Now you shift to where hand traps are more in the meta. Makanko like shift its play style and sneaks its way into top cut. More people are playing stuff like Droll, and there's a lot of shifter in a lot of side decks. So something like Dynamorphia, which doesn't care as much about Droll, and now has something like Intact to combat more Ash, sneaks its way into top cut. So it, like all of those fluctuations also change the like 10 other decks that you could play against in a tournament run and it makes it impossible to prepare for <laughs> like no you yeah <laughs> you're so you're so so right um and you know it's 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 interesting specifically with infernoble because infernoble complicates the whole question because like we do have formats where we do shift back and forth uh like every weekend where like one weekend you're playing board breakers the next weekend you're playing hand traps um and i think the first time i really remember that like being a constant presence was like right after triple tactics talent came out like uh maybe three-ish yeah. years ago it was like a game like of literally <laughs> yeah it was, it was literally every weekend it's like am i playing tactics or am i not um but infernoble complicates it because um something that was really interesting at indianapolis was the second place list a uh, friend of mine logan um he played rescue ace with a lot of really interesting cards like super poly in the main deck um and super poly was really really cool because uh it would beat all of the rescue ace boards because you had guilty gear freed to deal with like baron plus sp you had draco exquisite to deal with um savage plus yeah. baron you also had it to deal with um dispatter plus baron versus yeah. manadium um so it, it felt very very well-rounded but now the problem is, is that Infernoble, they can actually negate Super Poly with Angel their Ring. equip spell. Yeah, the Angel Ring, um, which is a really interesting card where it has to negate the first spell your opponent plays. But unlike other similar spell cards, it checks, like, I think at the resolution. So, like, if you use a Baron to negate one of the spells that they play, like, say I start with, I don't know, Upstart Goblin and you Baron negate it um yep. the angel ring actually won't end up negating that so you can have your i think the the charles are spell negates so you can negate two spells before you would ever have to potentially negate a super poly at that point you're ripping four cards out of the opponent's hand so super poly ends up being really really bad against that deck when you'd think it'd be yep. really good um the and that kind of limits your options yeah the cards right? that have done that in the past are like uh, abyss scale the mizuchi but i think that card specifically says the first spell uh, I don't know. I might be wrong about yep. that. And then the other two is like a magician's right hand. Uh, yep. 
for in Pendulum, and then uh, Cerulean Skyfire for some reason in the Sacred Beast deck also does it. But you don't, we don't get a lot of cards that like negate at resolution, and it screws up what you can play. Like, uh, so it means like if Infernoble is good, you have to play hand traps because the board breakers are just completely ineffective against Angel Ring, and that also affects what else is good. Because if you're like a whole bunch of hand traps in the format, Unchained is like, oh hello, cool, I don't care. I can still set up Rage Escape with a Sharvara in hand through whatever hand traps you're going to throw at me. We're good. So I, I do want to just chime in a small amount of um, something that I think about when I think of these super diverse formats. Um, I know that, uh, Trish, you are probably more on the side of a format that's like super duper diverse is probably not a good thing from like a competitive standpoint whereas skyhawk i know you kind of lean more to the other side of you like having these like super duper diverse formats you think that it's a positive um and i'm somewhere in the middle i enjoy the the diversity of the format mainly though because i just like chaos but i think that from a competition standpoint it probably makes more sense to if i was a competitor trying to win a ycs this weekend that i would have the idea of i don't think this much diversity is good because it makes it hard to game plan it's, so i yeah. yeah i see both sides of it but what i've always kind of wondered is when you are dealing with this diverse of a format and this question can be for both of you do you find either of you that there are deck building decisions that you make just based on the basic just based on maybe not this is a uh these decks you know any of these 18 decks can be you know something i see and lose to so i've decided for it more this format is diverse so i should be playing these cards so something i always think of is i think of when it's a super diverse format i want to play as much as people hate this i'll play floodgates so I'll play cards, I mean, when it's relevant in the diverse format, things like anti-spell, right? Things like uh, rivalry, things like droll. And, you know, yeah, they suck. Nobody likes them, but they have such a broad reaching application that, and they're, they tend to be the most impactful cards against a variety of decks in my experience. And so I wonder if there are these deck building concessions that you make simply off the basis of it's a diverse format. I need to hit as many things across as possible, right? Triple, I need to like reach across the board as much as possible. Triple triple tactics thrust. So I think we were already yeah. starting to see the pain of So I guess to clarify my position on like diverse formats, I think I think diverse formats are great for locals and I think they're great for viewership. And yep. I think for me, I find like and it's tough because you have to rotate between them. Like tier zero formats, for example, can be some of the most rewarding for competitive players, but they suck for people who go to locals. Ugh. So we have to like yeah. So we have to find a balance, and like those, those, that's part of why I think a lot of people really liked Toss, is because you had four really good decks, but you also had a lot of Rogue that you could still sneak in with, uh, that wasn't like, but you didn't have to prepare for it as much. Uh, like I, I played Paleo Dino for pretty much all of Toss format, but nobody ever had to prepare for me. So that's like, like that was kind of the ideal situation where you could pull up to locals with anything, but you had a clear established metagame. Uh, I definitely I prefer more diverse formats but like as a, somebody who's like 
trying to do well at an event that's an advantage for me because i'm often playing rogue so i i i come in with like an element of surprise in some sense so i prefer those formats just personally for what i play but from a competitive perspective they're not very good <laughs> it's like yeah that's a... <laughs> no, like, i think you're right on the money too is like that's exactly how i feel about it is that like diverse formats are fantastic if you like if the extent of like your Yu-Gi-Oh engagement is like I go to locals on Friday and then I like have live a normal life. But like when you're like deep in the woods and it's like oh, to top this YCS, like I need to like like I, I need to win, like it, it feels so much different. And um one thing that another thing, like just to expand on that too, is I think diverse formats are actually the best formats for legacy formats. Um, we see that right now with Edison sure. is one of like like Edison and Goat Control are some of like the most diverse formats that we ever had, and those are the formats that everybody is going back to like 10, 20 years later. I I will um, say it's very funny to hear someone say Goat formats one of the most diverse formats we've ever had, <laughs> and like like five years ago it was like it was the only deck they played. Oh like it's the only God. deck that's worth playing in the format. And now we're all like, actually, Goat Control is maybe like the sixth best deck. (laughs) Well, I don't know if it's like the sixth best deck. I still think it's like up there. Uh, But like, you know, like when I was growing up, when I was a little kid, like, you know, I wasn't good. I was like maybe like five, but like, or seven maybe. But like, I would like play in Goat Locals. Like I played in Goat Control format, like at card shops, like as a small child. I never encountered Goat Control once in my life back then. Yeah. I did not know that that was a thing until I was like 17 years old. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I get it. Like, it's it's crazy because like you had so many options in goat format. The thing is, is just like when we say like, oh, the only thing you should be playing in that format is goats. It's just that like that was probably your best bet if you wanted to do well because it was like the most refined strategy. But like you could have queued up with yeah, anything. Like for sure. I played. I, I played in Edison um, flight at Richmond, um, and when I was playing in the finals, it, I was playing Vayu Turbo, which is like one of like the top four decks in Edison, and my opponent was playing DD Stun, Yo. which was like an abysmally bad matchup. Like I did not even know that that was like a rogue deck you could play it's, in uh, Edison format. That's the the DD, is the DD Survivor deck right with like the yep, Macrocosmos? Yep. Yep macros die-fi like i got die-fi yeah, uh like activate right die-fi activate from my locals three times Who that deck at locals for edison tournaments mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> uh, it, i mean he was a really good player but like it it was just painful it felt like playing against runic stun and yeah. i i had yeah, just it's lost hard. to runic stun in the main event and i was just not there for it i did not want to like do that again <laughs> I'll say though, I think that the reason that we hone in on meta, like mega diverse formats in retro, is because if you notice, we don't hone in on like every super diverse format, right? Yeah. I think that whether or not we judge a format's diversity as good or bad is extremely dependent on the reasons for that diversity. So a great example of this is if you go back to last summer's national season, that format was incredibly diverse, but not for good reasons. It was because there were a dozen decks that could utilize Mystic Mine, a dozen decks that could utilize the Scythe Lock. And 
it was not a fun form of diversity. It was different decks, but they were all trying to accomplish the same thing. I felt the same way near the beginning of last year when it was Prank Kids Adventure, right? I went to YCS Charlotte. It sucked. Prank Kids Adventure was everywhere. Then the ones that weren't doing Prank Kids Adventure were PK Adventure, Scythe Lock. Then you were doing Cybers Eldritch Scythe Lock. And yeah, <laughs> God, it's diverse. I remember Cyber Gadget. Oh, man. Dude. See, see it's interesting that you bring that up because to me, those are like my favorite diverse formats where it's like you can oh, like really? yeah like because you can queue up with any deck and still like end on the same competent strategy because like my favorite one of my favorite formats i've played in a really long time was right after we word on in the tcg i don't know if you remember that but that was like synchro eldlich i was i was and, like that. I yep. was playing. Uh... Yeah, I, I know Skyhawk was because <laughs> I like I I remember like hearing of you for like the first time back then. Um, I uh, I started playing competitive again. I stopped in 2014, right before Duelist Alliance, and I picked okay. back up. Are you uh... right before right uh, after Toon Chaos came out? Right before Rise of the Duelist. So so you were you, okay. you were not okay, aware so, like, the of format the format right of... before you got back in. You were not yeah, aware of yep. the horrors of Deskbot 001. <laughs> You, I use it. Yeah. Sword Soul. You, don't, oh, you, 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 you don't. You don't know about Martial Metal Marcher bringing back any no. level two tuner. Okay. In the game. Okay. Uh, Infer Noble <laughs> came out after <laughs> I. My first. You, you don't know about so... Eldritch summoning like Savage Dragon Herald through Nib, drawing five cards and setting wanna, five cards. You wanna, no. you okay, know what... I wasn't here for that. But you, uh, when I that. got back in, me and my friend got back in together and. Uh, I built, okay, my get back into the game introduction, first thing that I watched, I was like, I did the same thing everyone does. And I was like, oh man, there's a Dark Magician deck. Built it, it sucked. Uh, but the only YouTuber that I knew of at the time, because I searched, I was like, just like Yu-Gi-Oh deck profile. Uh, and of course, who comes up? Team Sam X1, naturally. Uh, yep. So yep. I became like a fan of his i was cheering for him and then they had the remote duel invitational and he wins with dino and so naturally uh, what do uh, i do I first competitive deck i build coming back into the game is dinosaur so i build dino and my friend at the time is also just getting back into competitive what does he do <gasps> there's a noble knights deck he finds pack and builds in for noble yep Yep. That, so that was the that was I, I caught full horrors of like Deskbot, Aurora Dawn, Marshall Metal, Marshall Metal Marcher, and like getting like hand grenaded for four or five. Like, dude, I <laughs> I, I wasn't in the trenches for Eldritch, but I was in the trenches for Infernoble uh smoke grenade. No, okay. I, I hear that, what you're saying, so like, Trish, yeah. Oh, oh. I was gonna say, go I, I yeah, yeah, go ahead. That I only wanted to be like, I hear what you're saying because like that format was heinous, but also I miss it. <laughs> right, like it, it was like it was really heinous. Like there was a lot of like crazy stuff happening, but it was a really really fun format to play in. And like like because I know the format you're talking about. Like I'm talking about just before Toon Chaos because mm -hmm. Toon Chaos like came out and then like everybody thought Infernoble was really good. And then dragons was like, oh hey, we're just infernoble, but like a hundred yeah. times better. Um, and then, but we're like that, but just also the format, Buster Lock. 
Yeah, well, Buster Lock, like we hand loop you twice because we have Levy yeah. near too. So yeah. we Levy near you, we smoke grenade you, we end on like seals, herald, like etc. Blah 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 blah. Right. Um, but th that was Toon Chaos. But before that was like the true like Helkdon trenches format where like people were just throwing that in everything. Like yeah. the the most wild decks I think I have ever seen have been in that format. And it was really fun to play because you could always queue up with the same prep because every you knew no matter what you were yeah. playing against, they were going to do a helped on like shenanigan at some point. Just play token collector and it, move on, you know. Yeah, and but like the the what they did beyond that is what made the format interesting. Yes. Because like yeah. sometimes you would play against like, you know, a pure combo deck that would do like Halkdon plus extra or sometimes you'd play against synchro eldritch where it's like okay i'm gonna help on oh you stop me okay i'm setting four back row good luck yep the uh and you so, you really could do it with anything too i just i have these cards sitting here around so this is like a, this is a this is a first ulti copy of mecha phantom beast hamstrat might not show up well on my camera because yep. my internet is dying apparently. <laughs> and then level two tuner dino wrestler cole asylum so i was yep. playing like uh, I think it was there. There might be some videos up on Sir Eminon's channel of me playing in like the Reddit Championship series at that time. If you want to know what those deck lists <laughs> were looking like, I God, oh God, we used to, we used to just play in anything during COVID. But um, the uh, the the you could do just some nasty stuff. Like we were playing Hamstrad and Aerosquin in sixty card Halkdon Dinosaur because it, uh, if you played both Hamstrad and Aerosquin, it turns just the Halk line into VFD plus Savage. Um, yep. You could, and uh, Colas Islet being a level two tuner that you can summon in Dinosaur meant that the Dinosaur combo could like slap a Dolka on top of your Halkadon board, uh, and you would still get the advantages of like playing the blind second Dino lists that showed up during that format as like a way to combat the Wombo combo. But then Eldritch comes in and is like, okay, if that's the counterplay, I'm setting four cards, and then that was like the whole like centerpiece of the format like you could play token collector as both a way to combat the link cross halkdon stuff and also as a way to do your own combos with lost world you had people siding stuff like survival's end that's just my perspective as a dino player but every deck at the time was finding absolute nonsense like that to be trying and when we're digging that deep into the card pool is what i love like formats so even though it was yeah, did you ever encounter the the gizmak hand trap that summoned the yes the uh, yep. yes so back. Oh my. <laughs> you oh, get barrier God. statute on your first okay, turn no. it's like what is happening so you so you could actually play that you could play that in dinosaur because if they ever pulled an earth out of deck a baby sarasaurus is a 500 500 oh. so you can so you could summon baby from deck with the gizmak if they didn't weren't playing the Hal climb okay. but yeah. respectfully and lovingly yeah we are at time <laughs> about uh, 15 minutes ago read some. Uh, <laughs> which is my own uh, fault but this is this is so fun this is this is fun it's good i will i will say one last thing before i lead us into the outro which is we can all like agree that aurora don's cancer but like how to one would like that would be fun no. right no i'm for it I, i'm for it i'm a halk apologist i i'm for that just how just just like one how like, like we can all be trusted with one how i'm a i'm gonna be real i would rather have aurora Dawn back than halk i i i want to be like I, honestly like i i miss Linkross mainly so that i can just like link into something and set survivals end and have tokens but uh the i i miss auroradon specifically because like you can make use of like the mecha phantom beast stuff uh it has and auroradon has other utility like the tribute a card to destroy something 
came up a lot of times like it this is i'm getting too deep into the weeds here in dino you if you if you didn't see any dinosaurs but you saw lost world you could activate the lost world aurora on tribute to destroy one of your own tokens lost world protected to pop baby from deck uh and then you could do like well, your you full dino combo say there. i'm getting a bit into the weeds here but in dino <laughs> it's gonna be in dino. Yeah. but anyway the, i i and, and we're going like a tribute three to add back a trap card is so funny that it just has that effect for no reason here's a fun uh, fact did you know did you know that the tribute effect here. the tribute effect of auroradon is not once per turn you can only link summon it once per oh, turn no. but you can use the tribute effect multiple times <laughs> we're here anyway don't right, give well, them hey, ideas listen. don't give them ideas <laughs> listen thank you everyone for tuning in to this very special episode of the top cut Yu-Gi-Oh podcast let's go ahead and thank all of our wonderful patrons before we go and i you know i'm just gonna have to move this window so that i can see your chat as i say this because this is gonna be fun so oh, of no. course a huge thank you to Always second, Darkwing Duck Duck Gussie, Zyphorus, Appaloosa Bow of the Flood Gutussie. They're not funny. They're not funny. They're getting, they're getting crazier. Uh, big Stinky, Dimension Shift These Nuts. last time skyhawk read it <laughs> i didn't get to see there's that. just no there's no way okay no hold on, hold on we're on like we're on name like like six of 40 okay oh uh, no <laughs> ding dong's hostess of the yang zing give me that harassi konami hgh cyber john leo mountain man oatmeal spaghetti owen alvarado pistol plays pendulums and silver hope understanding and reading are two different things virtually savior's world what do you call a magic owl houdini wind up carrier zinfidel matey aaron gardner alexander cham uh, alexander chan asami ashless chaps Atsuyo, Simp of the Silver Castle, Blackwing, Silverwind, the Ascendant is the best floodgate. Blue Eyes is best, Copium. Box Wine, Chubby Ninja, come on and get your game on it. Dragon, Maidenless Behavior. I'm about to wreak a glamour trippy for cost these plant nuts in your mouth. Level 4, Fire Warrior Gaming, Little Stinky, Lama Yama, Cam Sarama, Max C-Pack, Old Man Red, Pincode 143, and Wanted, Seeker of Your Mum's Sinful Spoils. Thank you all so much for your continued support of the podcast. Now, uh, before we go, very quickly, all I need, one word, yes or no, this is the final test of your, uh, whether or not we accept you as a co-host here of the Top Cut Yugo podcast. The question is, it's very simple, again, yes or no will suffice, is Appaloosa a floodgate? No. Okay. All right. Well, well hey, listen, thank you, thank you all so much for joining <laughs> us and our new host, Trishula of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh podcast. And uh, we do film generally on sundays and wednesdays uh trishula you're live like what like six seven days a week for like 12 hours a day or something <laughs> i i i live on twitch i i'm always here I and you can find him at twitch.tv slash trishula ttv uh trishula spelled just like on the Yu-Gi-Oh card trishula dragon of the ice bear uh, you can also find him on uh twitter at trishula TTV also? Yep. 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 Okay. Uh, of course, you can find Skyhawk on Twitter at Skyhawk Sings. And you can find me on Twitter at Top Cut Podcast. Uh, and if you want to get your stupid name read out on the podcast, please be reasonable. We will just not read bad ones. Uh, you can do that for as little as $1 a month on our Patreon. And if you want an extra episode every week, you can do that for as little as $5 a month on our Patreon. I, uh... So, 
before we go, I do have a card pun for this episode. Okay. Uh, he does this every episode. You could say this is a this is a this is a reboot, uh, a relaunch, uh, a launch uh, of the podcast. It's a boot sector launch of the podcast. Oh my god! Yes. I was hoping you were going to go with red reboot, which should come back to three. Thank you, everybody, and have a great weekend, everyone. Catch you later. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.